All right, well, this week, let's turn to Psalm 34. Let's turn to Psalm 34. Last week, uh, we continued looking at what it means to fear the Lord. We've got our definition of fearing the Lord, to have faith in God because we're amazed. We stand in awe of His glory and His holiness. That is what it means to fear the Lord. But we've also started to see that there are actions that the Lord says, if you fear me. So we've got this fear of the Lord that's absolutely necessary for our spiritual battle. It's what pleases the one who's enlisted us. So one of the things we we must do, and he says there are, there are fruits that will be evident of someone who really fears him. So we would all, I sure would say, well, of course I fear the Lord. You know, do you have faith in him? Yes. Do you have faith because you're amazed by his glory and his holiness? Yes, yes, yes. Well, the Bible says, if that is true, these are things that will be in your life. We saw that those who fear the Lord, they praise Him. Those who fear the Lord, uh, they serve Him. And then last week, we saw these uh, twinned ideas from Psalm 34, that those who fear the Lord uh, depart evil and do good. And, and so last week, we started looking at just all these passages that, that talk about how people who fear the Lord, they depart from evil, or that they departed from evil because they uh, feared the Lord, that the fear of the Lord caused them to do those things, to depart from sin uh, or to depart uh, uh, from evil because they, because they hate evil, because they fear the Lord. But the call there in Psalm 34 wasn't just, hey, those who fear the Lord depart from evil. Those who fear the Lord uh, don't just, you know, get away from evil. They also, they do good. So it's both a put off and a put on. Like we mentioned in uh, sort of that Colossians 3 idea, put off and put on here. Here they put off, those who fear the Lord, they, they, they depart from evil, but they also do good. So the verse makes very clear that, that both things are true in those who fear the Lord. That if you fear the Lord, it's not just that you quit sinning or you depart from evil. If you fear the Lord, you pursue good. There is a desire to do good. Uh, so let's read again this verse and then delve deeper into this necessary fruit of the fear of the Lord. Let's stand uh, in the honor of reading the word of our God. Uh, just remember the, the context of Psalm 34 here. David is... It's a very fear-filled moment for David, so it's very appropriate for looking at the fear of the Lord. He's, he's afraid of Saul, running from Saul. He's running from uh, the king of Gath. Uh, so that's what's going on in his life, sort of fear, fear, fear. Uh, but that's not the fear that he's writing about here in Psalm 34. In fact, there's a fear that's going to deliver him from all those other fears. And the fear that's going to deliver him from all the other fears, deliver him from evil, uh, as we've been praying in the Lord's Prayer, is this fear of the Lord. This fear of the Lord that was this great blessing, great blessing to, to anyone's life, delivering us, giving us good life, long days. And so he tells us here in Psalm 34, he says, I will teach you to fear the Lord. Uh, and what actions are we going to see? His answer is going to be depart from evil and do good. So let's, let's begin in verse 11. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life? And loves many days that he may see good. And here's that, that word triangle, that chiasm here that, that, uh, that's pointing us this middle part. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. All right, you may be seated. So, turn, verse 14, turn away. We said uh, depart because, one, I think it's somewhat more accurate, and two, it's a nice little uh, alliteration here to have the two Ds, maybe to help us uh, memorize it, maybe, I, I don't know. Uh, depart from evil, do 
good. And so we looked at what it means to depart from evil. Now let's look at what it means to do good. And there were several verses talking about depart from evil. Several verses about how the fear of the Lord causes us to depart from evil. There are a lot of verses <laughs> that say, if you fear the Lord, you will do good. Uh, there are a lot of verses. Uh, there's several verses that say, if you fear the Lord, you'll depart from evil. There are multitudinous uh, verses that say, if you fear the Lord, you will do good. So, so let's walk through some of those uh, today. Last time we, we looked at the life of Job. If you want to flip to Job chapter 1, just real quick, uh, you can, just to remind us of these verses, you can see it there that this description of Job's life, the description of someone who, who fears the Lord, this uh, repetition that sort of characterized his life in, in chapter 1 uh, and in chapter 2. Uh, remember Job 1.1, 1, 1, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. That man was, uh, was blameless. We, we changed that to, to, to perfect and upright. One who feared God turned away from evil. You see the same thing a few verses later in Job chapter 1, verse 8. Uh, and the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him on earth, a, a perfect and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. Again, chapter 2, verse 3, the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there's none like him on the earth, a perfect and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. He holds fast his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without reason. So, so what we see in Job's life here is that he departed from evil. We looked at that last time. See, Job feared the Lord and he departed from evil. But we also see right before that these two descriptors of how Job also did good. Of course, that's going to fit because that's what uh, uh, David tells us in Psalm 34 is true of those who fear the Lord. They don't just depart from evil. So it's not just that Job feared the Lord so he departed from evil. Job did good. And so we see that because Job feared the Lord, how is his life described? He was a, not just, he was a person who departed from evil. He feared the Lord. He was a perfect and upright man. That because he feared the Lord, his life wasn't just about what he, what he didn't do. But Job's life was characterized by what he did do. He was perfect and he was upright. And we see those same traits when we start to look at the, the fear of the Lord. It's not just, if you fear the Lord, it's not just what you don't do. It's what you do. And as Christians, if we're going to see, do I fear the Lord? It's not just that I'm afraid to touch sin because God hates sin. It's that I pursue good because God loves the good and I love God. Because as we're going to see, the good is defined by who God is anyway. So what does it mean for those who fear the Lord to do good? How do we do good? What are we talking about here? Well, let's look at some verses that talk about Christians doing the good because they fear the Lord and what sort of examples we see in the good that Christians do if they fear God. The first thing we're going to see is those who fear the Lord, they do good by obeying God's commandments. Okay, so Christians, they do good. And what is that good? We can't just define it any way we want to. We don't just get online and take a poll and say, what is the good? What, what would a good person do? Uh, doing the good is characterized by obeying God's commandments, just as uh, serving the Lord comes with fearing the Lord, so does obedience to the Lord. It, it makes sense. And in fact, we talked about how those who fear the Lord will, will serve Him. Often you'll see those two paired together that they will serve Him and obey Him. So look at 1 Samuel chapter 12. 1 Samuel chapter 12, this is that famous passage where uh, Israel has decided they want a king, right? And God is going to give them a king. And He's telling them how to ensure uh, their future as a nation under this king. Uh, and we're going to see here fear and serving the Lord, right? You're going to see the fear of the Lord. We're going to see serving Him. 
but we're also going to see the importance of obeying him. So 1 Samuel chapter 12, go down to verse 14 and 15. If you will fear the Lord and serve him, that's what we saw two weeks ago. If you'll fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord. And if both you and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God, it will be well. So if you fear the Lord, and we saw how the fear of the Lord means that you serve the Lord. If you will fear the Lord, if you'll serve the Lord, if you will obey his voice, obey his command. It makes very clear what his voice is, right? I love that he does that. If you obey his voice and not rebel against his commandments. Because what happens is sometimes we'll say, well, I'm just following the voice of the Lord. And the voice of the Lord is telling me to do this or to do that. Here, it's made very clear by God. The voice of the Lord is seen in his commandments, right? That's why we say, if you want to hear God speak to you today, open your Bible and read it out loud. Uh, if you want to hear, that's, that's one clear way to have God, God speak to you here. And he's not saying, you know, you sort of follow whatever this voice is. The voice is found in his commandments. So you obey his voice. You obey his commandments. Uh, and so a great example of this is found in Deuteronomy chapter 5. This isn't something new. Go back, if you go back to Deuteronomy, it's going to be, we'll be in Deuteronomy for quite a bit. But in Deuteronomy chapter 5, again, Deuteronomy chapter 5 is, is like Exodus 20. It's one of the few chapters that we just know when someone says Deuteronomy 5 or when someone says Exodus 20. We know what's going on in that. That's, this is the second giving of the Ten Commandments. So we've got here in Deuteronomy 5. And, and here at the end, after he's given the, the Ten Commandments again, we see the connection between the fear of the Lord and the result of that fear, which is obedience. Deuteronomy 5, go down to verse 29. Deuteronomy 5, down to verse 29. God tells Moses this. Oh, that they had such a heart as this always to fear me and keep all my commandments that it may go well with them and with their descendants forever. Uh, one is a great promise for, for parents. But, but for our purposes, we see here the fear of the Lord results in an obedience, a heart Oh, that they had this heart. What is that heart? A heart that fears me. And what will be the result of a heart that fears the Lord? A heart that is amazed by the Lord. A heart that stands in awe of God and His glory and His holiness and has faith in that God, that one true God. What is the result of a heart like that? A heart that God says, oh, I wish I had this heart that feared me. What will a heart like that do? A heart like that will keep all His commandments. They will obey the commandments of God. And, and this is repeated multiple times by the Lord. As he gives the people the law, you'll see the fear of the Lord resulting in obedience to the Lord and to his commandments over, over and over. Go to, go to the next chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, verse 2. That you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's sons. How? How do you fear the Lord your God? So you may fear the Lord your God, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, that your days may be long. So our fear of the Lord is seen in us keeping all his statutes and his commandments and doing so all the days of our lives. So someone who has a fear of the Lord is someone who's going to have a life of obedience to the Lord. If you have a fear of the Lord, it will cause you to obey him and not just cause you to obey him once. It will cause you to obey all his statutes all of your days. Deuteronomy 6, 24. 
And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good always that he might preserve us alive as we are this day. So what is it to fear the Lord? He commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God. Do all these statutes, which is to fear the Lord our God. What is it to fear the Lord? It is to do all of his statutes, uh, which is for our good always. You go down to the end of the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 28, 58. If you are not careful to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God. Those who fear the Lord, he says, are careful to do all the words of the Lord. Those who fear the Lord are not flippant. We saw it already. Those who fear the Lord keep all of His commandments all the days of their life. In fact, those who fear the Lord are careful to do so. They want to do so. They are making sure that it is because they fear the Lord. Just like we saw last week, because of our affections to the Lord, we hate evil. Because of our affections to the Lord, we love good. And we are careful to obey His commandments. If we hear a commandment of the Lord our God, we are careful to do it. We are not flippant. We don't pass by it. We don't throw it over our shoulder. We don't skip right by it. If we see our God, if we fear the Lord and we see Him tell us, this is what you need to do as a husband. This is what you need to do as a child. This is what you need to do as a mother. We are not flippant with those. We don't just skim past those and say, well, it doesn't really matter. I'm, I'm saved anyway. We are careful to do all that he says. And that's what he says here. Be careful to do all the words of this law. But this isn't just in Deuteronomy, right? It's not just in Deuteronomy. In fact, this is described to the people of God throughout Scripture, that those who fear the Lord obey God's commands. Psalm 119. Psalm 119, verse 63. It would not be su- surprising in this psalm about the wonders of God's law that you'd find out that those who fear the Lord, keep this law, right? So you're not just going to read Psalm 119, talk about how great God's word is and his law is, and then go, you know, okay, and if anybody wants to do it, it's fine by me. Uh, It's expected that if we fear the Lord, we'll keep his word. Psalm 119.63, I am a companion of all who fear you. Well, what is it to fear the Lord? He says, of all who fear you, of those who keep your precepts. Who are those who fear the Lord again? It is those who keep his precepts, who keep his commandments, who keep his statutes, who do them. Even in the New Testament, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 10, verse 35. It says, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. So again, what does it mean? So what do we have here? What is the internal realization? They come to fear the Lord. And what is the external reaction to that? Remember, realization always results in reaction. So we've got this internal realization. They fear the Lord. They're in awe of Him. What's the external reaction? He says, those who fear Him and do what is right are acceptable to Him. Those who fear the Lord, they obey his voice. They keep his commandments. They do all his, I'm just going to combine all these. They do all his statutes. They do all the words of the law. They do it all the time, or they do all the words all of their days. That's the fruit of genuine fear of the Lord. If you really fear the Lord, that's what you're going to, if you're truly in awe 
of God, you will keep the words of that God. And it just makes sense. It just makes sense. Again, we give this example all the time. But if God, in his grace, were to peel apart our ceiling right now, I have a feeling we would be in awe of that moment. Uh, We'd probably, in Oklahoma, just check our weather app and be like, I didn't know the winds were going to be that strong today. Uh, But if, if the Lord were to peel it back, bright glow, and words descend, right, and land uh, somewhere by jolt. Uh, We would probably all read those words. One, jolt would be burnt. He'd be gone. Uh, It'd be too close to the glory. Like we'd go and we'd read those words because of the awe of what happened. We would all read those words and say, we definitely need to do this. We 100%. Like no one would go, I don't know. I mean... Maybe. I mean, the awe of what had happened would cause us to do what was written on whatever it was. Listen, that's what we've got in God's word. If you are in awe of God, what you have here is the word of that awe-inspiring God. The idea that you can be in awe of God and yet ignore what he says is foolish. And that's why the Lord says, if you truly are in awe of him, if you have faith in him, if you're amazed by his glory and his holiness then of course, it just makes sense. This is not some high bar of righteousness. This is the low bar of logic. It just makes sense. If you fear the Lord, you will do what he says. And what's interesting is the Lord says, this is true even for those who make their own commandments. Even those who make their own laws, if they fear the Lord, they will keep his laws even above their own. In other words, Caesar, Caesar will, will render unto God what is God's. Even Caesar will. So, which is a case we're going to see in, in, in obedience. So 2 Samuel 23. Look at the last words of David. What does he say? 2 Samuel 23. 2 Samuel 23 says, these are the last words of David. Look at what it says. The God of Israel has spoken. The rock of Israel has said to me, when one rules justly over men, ruling in the fear of God. So what does it look like to be a ruler who fears the Lord? Well, you rule justly. What determines justice? Well, the law of God does. If someone were to rule justly, they'd be ruling by the law of God. He's the standard by which we judge justice. So a just ruler is an obedient ruler. A ruler who fears the Lord is a ruler who rules by what God says, who doesn't rule by their own sort of divine fiat. They do what the Lord has told them. But again, this isn't new with David. This goes all the way back to Moses in Deuteronomy. The the kings of Israel were supposed to write out the words, not just of their own law, but of God's law. Why were they supposed to do that? Because doing so would cause them to fear the Lord. Look what it says in Deuteronomy 17, 18 through 20. And when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, he shall write for himself in a book a copy of this law. Approved by the Levitical priest. In other words, make sure nothing in it was wrong. Make sure he doesn't throw out a knot in the you shall not murder. And it shall be with him and he shall read in it all the days of his life that he may learn to fear the Lord, his God, by keeping all the words of this law and these statutes and doing them. 
that his heart may not be lifted up above his brothers, that he may not turn aside from the commandment. Because what have we seen? His brothers, they cannot turn aside from the commandment. They must obey. He cannot think, oh, I'm the king. I don't have to obey it. Even the king who writes his own commands must fear the Lord. And if he fears the Lord, he will do it either to the right hand or to the left so that he may continue to live long in his kingdom, he and his children in Israel. So here he says, the king reads the law of God. He reads it day and night so that he will learn to fear the Lord. So that the outworking of that fear is going to be what? He says, by keeping all the words of this law and these statutes and doing them. That those who fear the Lord, they obey the commandments of God from the least to the greatest. They obey the words of all the all the words all their days. But again, this isn't this isn't shocking. Because the Bible tells us, again, if we just get to the logic of it, not just the idea of, of the, the amazing nature of God, but the Bible tells us there's a simple rule. Whom you fear is whom you obey. Whom you fear is whom you obey. So 1 Samuel chapter 15, this is when the Lord finally rejects Saul as king over Israel. Do you remember why he rejected Saul? He rejected Saul. Because Saul didn't kill the king that he was supposed to kill. He let, it, he let a king go. The king of the Amalekites. And, but why? Why did Saul say that he didn't kill the king of the Amalekites? It wasn't because I'm so merciful and beneficent. You know, it's, not, it's not that. What does he say? 1 Samuel 15, 24. Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. For I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord. So he didn't keep it. He didn't obey it. And why did he not obey the commandment of the Lord? Look at what he says. I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Again, if Saul had feared the Lord, who would he have obeyed? He would have obeyed the Lord. And so he says, I didn't keep your commandments because I didn't fear you. I feared the people. And so I obeyed the people. Whom you fear is whom you obey. So because Saul feared the people, he obeyed them. Let's see this in a good example. We actually see it in a good example. Uh, Exodus chapter 1 with the Hebrew midwives. Commanded by Pharaoh to do what? Commanded by Pharaoh to kill the sons of the Israelites. But they refused. They refused to do that. Why did they refuse to do what Pharaoh said? Because they feared the Lord. Exodus 1.17, but the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them. But they let the male children live. Because they feared the Lord, because their fear of the Lord was greater than their fear of Pharaoh, they disobeyed the king. Your fear drives your obedience. If you fear the Lord chiefly, you will obey Him. If you fear anything or anyone else more than you fear the Lord, if you're amazed, if you're driven, if you think that this is great, more than you think the, the Lord is great, you will obey that thing or that person. You obey the one you fear. Fear the Lord and you'll disobey everyone else to obey Him. Fear anyone else and you'll disobey God to obey them. We're going to see more about what obedience is going to look like next week. So we get into specific commands of what that and pictures of what that obedience 
uh, is going to be, how they obey and to, to what level of obedience we're, we're talking about. Uh, but for today, it, it's enough that God is, is clear here that those who fear the Lord obey the Lord. Okay, so let's just use, take a few uses uh, from today. See, what can we do with this idea before we get into more deep? They, they obey God's commands by this and they obey the Lord's commands by, by that. Uh, how we do it, we've seen a little bit of that. They obey all of His words, all of their days. And we'll, we'll see that again next week as well. But what sort of uses can we take from this? What can we do with, with what Scripture has told us about uh, if we fear the Lord, we will obey Him? Uh, the, the first thing we must do with the text is if you fear the Lord, you must obey God's commands. If, if you say you fear God, if you say your faith is in the Lord, that you are amazed by God, amazed by His glory, amazed by His holiness, then you must do the good that God calls you to do. You don't get to say that you're doing good and define it by how you define good. You don't get to say, oh, I depart from evil and I do good. And what is the good that I'm doing? Well, I'm doing this, this, and this, and this because I think this, this, and this is great. No, the doing good that that you must do if you have faith in Him is the good that God commands. God is clear. Those who fear Him, obey Him. From the law to the Psalms to the New Testament, those who fear the Lord do what is right. Those are the ones that are pleasing to Him. So you've got to ask yourself, if this is true, if this is true in Scripture, from the highest king to the, to the lowliest shepherd, then it is certainly true of you because you fall somewhere in that range. So do you obey God? Is your heart bound in slavery to Him and to His will? If it is, rejoice! If you've been hearing these things and going, yes, that is how I want to live this, how I am living. If you, if you live a life of obedience to the Lord, rejoice. That comes from the faith that he has seated in your heart. Your obedience just shows that your fear is genuine. It's not a reason to rejoice in you. It's a reason to rejoice in him. Rejoice and keep obeying. Keep enslaving yourself to a God so glorious and so holy. And, but if there are areas... If there are commands, if there are words of His that you are not obeying, then either you do not fear Him or you need to grow your fear of Him even more. Of course, if if you're disobeying everything that God says, then don't fool yourself into thinking that you fear the Lord. But the Bible also talks about the need for believers, of those who truly have faith in the Lord, who truly fear the Lord. The Bible talks about the need for believers to grow their fear. And we would call this holification, or if we were more Catholic, sanctification. Uh, that's the idea, is that this is part of our being holified. Is as the Lord grows us in holiness, He grows our awe of Him. And the more we fear God, the more we want to obey God all the time in all the areas of our life. And if there are areas where you're not obeying, then what that shows is that, that, that's a, that, that, that you need your fear to grow. You need your fear of the Lord to grow. If there are areas that you know right now, the Lord has convicted me about this, be it last week or the last 10 years, and I still haven't changed that. I'm still not doing what He's told me to do. 
I'm still not doing what he's told me to do as a, as a mother. I'm still not doing what he's told me to do as a father, as a friend, as a, as a church member, whatever it is. It's something that you go, man, I know the Lord has told me and maybe told me over and over I need to, but I just still haven't. Know that the problem there is you need to grow your fear of the Lord. You need to, you're, you're not amazed by God like you should be. He's not as awesome as he should be in your eyes. So pray for that growth that the Bible talks about. Pray that you would fear the Lord more. Pursue that growth. This is how, dive deep into how awesome God is. Like if you want to grow your fear of the Lord, start to, start to get into your scriptures and see how amazing God is. Delve into to his glory. Explore his holiness. Find those things that are fuel for the fear of the Lord. Grow your faith. Fertilize the soil of fear uh, with the word of the Lord. But we must obey God's commands. If you are not obeying His commands at all, you do not fear Him. Do not fool yourself. If, you fear, if there are areas where you are not obeying Him, then you need to pray that God would grow your fear so you would obey Him in everything. And any obedience at all, of course, goes back to His work in our hearts to give us a heart that fears the Lord, just as He says He does. So you must, so what mystery is this? You must obey God's commands. You must. There can be no excuse for you as a believer to disobey or ignore the commands of your God. To do so is not to fear Him. You must fear the Lord above all others. We saw in the life of Saul, we saw in the life of the Hebrew midwives, that the one you fear is the one you obey. Ultimately, that's who you obey. You must fear the Lord above all others. You, again, you obey who you fear. You obey the one your faith is in. If you fear anybody else other than the Lord, more than you fear the Lord, you will obey them and disobey God. You are guilty of breaking the first commandment because you are, teaching, you are treating them as if they are God. I'm not going to let you off the hook and say you've, you've, you're breaking the second commandment unless you have, you know, a statue of your wife as well. Uh, but you're, you're certainly breaking the first commandment. And that's true. If, if, if you fear your wife, you, you will disobey the Lord to obey her. If you, if you fear your teenager, you will disobey the Lord to obey them. This can be a good barometer for our fear. Look at who you obey. Look at who drives the choices that you make in life. Who's leading you? Who's choosing which way you go? And you're like, I don't go to the right or to the left from what who says. Who chooses the way your family goes? If a, if a difficult child can be such a pain that, it, that they cause you to change your requirements for children just because you don't want to deal with them. Things you know you shouldn't do as a good parent, but you're just doing it because it's like, it's really, really, eventually it's so hard. I just get tired of going over the same things. They just don't obey. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to change my requirements as a parent. You know what you do? You are fearing them more than you fear God. Because you know what you should do as a parent. You're not doing that. You're letting the child, you're letting your fear of the child and what not pleasing them will bring to your life 
Well, if this child's not pleased and not happy, it's going to make the rest of my day really hard. And you might even have other children. And you're like, well, I can't have this one upset because then that's going to mess up everything. Whatever. So I will appease this one. I'll put a grain offering in front of them or a screen offering or whatever. Uh, take this mighty screen offering and stay here so the rest of us can do our thing. Uh, whatever it is, you are letting your fear of them drive your life. You're fearing them more than you fear. You are obeying them as if they are God. If you have a sullen teenager that can redirect your parenting, then you fear that teenager more than you fear God. And here's the thing. Both that child and that teenager, they actually need you to fear the Lord more than you fear them to help them out of that funk. It doesn't help them at all if you fear them more than you fear the Lord. They actually need you to fear the Lord. If a nagging or overbearing wife can cause you to quit as a husband, the problem isn't your wife. Well, at least least not solely. The problem is you fear your wife more than you fear the Lord. You fear her wrath more than you fear the Lord's wrath. You fear the continual dripping of rain rather than the continual nudging of the Holy Spirit. But again, here's the thing. She needs you to fear God more than you fear her. In fact, the Bible tells her that she's supposed to fear you. She can't do that if you fear her. We obey who we fear or whom we fear. So look at your life. Whose words drive what you do? Whose commandments say, this is what I will do as a wife, as a mother, as a father, as a parent, whatever it is. Whose words drive your life? Whom do you obey? Whom do you fear? The answer to that is just look at whom you obey. Because whom you fear is whom you obey. You must Fear the Lord above anyone else. And if anyone else in your life is causing you to take step off the path of the Lord to the right or to the left, then you fear them more than you fear the Lord. And it can even be something where you, you use it even in a positive way. It's not a nagging child. It's not a, it's not a nagging. It's, not, it's like, oh, I just love my child so much. I love them so much. But what am I going to do? I'm going to do all these things that I know isn't for their good. But I just have such a love. No, the child needs you. People need you to fear the Lord more than being amazed by them. You need to be amazed by the Lord. Which is going to lead to the, to the next thing. Uh, and, the, and the final use that we'll have today. And just this use is because we saw these over and over. And I thought, how can we not point this out? And this, this uh, doing good that's going to happen if you fear the Lord is not a drudgery that just as we saw in David's life, David said, Hey, my life is full of blessings. It's really great. Uh, even as he's running from the King of Saul and the King of Gath and having to spit down his own beard. Uh, he's like, you want to live a good long life full of days. This is what you need. You need to fear the Lord. And that's what we see in these texts. If you, so if you want, if you're looking at your life and you want a life of blessing to you and to your children, you must obey the Lord. God is clear from Samuel to Deuteronomy, blessings come in obedience. What amazing promises did we see just in Deuteronomy alone? What amazing promises in in Deuteronomy 5? 
uh, you fear the Lord that it might go well with you and with your descendants forever. Deuteronomy 6, good long days for you and for your sons and for your sons' sons. Deuteronomy 6, 24, you're good always. It would be foolish and unloving to both God and yourself and your children to not live a life of obedience. It's just foolish. It's not just rebellion. It's folly. It's dumb. The Lord's not telling you, hey, fear me, and it's going to be a really crappy life, but in the end, you're going to get to go to heaven. Uh, That's not what the Lord says at all. Uh, What he says is, obey me, and I will richly bless you, and not just you, but your sons and your son's sons. It shows that we have no fear of the Lord. If we're, if we're, if we're not living this life, it shows we have no fear of the Lord and no love for ourselves or for our children. I mean, if, you want to, if, you want, if you want to heap on the, the guilt here, which is always great, right? you, want to, you want to heap on the guilt that will hopefully drive you to repentance and obedience, what, should you, what blessings are you robbing? Not just your own life, but what blessing are you robbing your children of because of your lack of fear of the Lord? What blessings are you robbing from their lives? How are you starving their life today and their future life because of areas that right now you're not obeying? That are, that are reaping bitter fruit in your life now that, that they're living on this bitter fruit that is born out of you not fearing the Lord and obeying Him. I mean, are your, are your children's marriages going to be hampered by your disobedience in your own? Is your disobedience going to make life harder on your grandchildren because you're not obeying today? These blessings that God promises to your sons and your sons' sons? Why not fear the Lord and trust His blessings? Let your obedience refresh you. Look Look at your children and think what wonders God is going to work in their life through the blessings that come from your obedience. When you see those promises, it's going to go well with you and to your descendants forever. As you look at your descendants, think of the wonders that God promises to work through your obedience. Think of the good long days that He says in 6, Deuteronomy 6, that are coming to you and your sons and your sons' sons. Look at your children and think about those wonders that might come to them through your obedience. God has gifted you with eternal souls to grow up. May they find in your fear of the Lord a rich garden for their own growth that will feed them and will feed their children to a thousand generations. That's the richness of the call of the fear of the Lord. That's how much being amazed by God and His glory and His holiness will feed not just your own soul, but the souls of your children and their children. My hope is that we would see in this call to obedience not some great chain that the Lord binds us to, but a great promise a promise for ourselves and a promise for those we love. Know the the blessing that is the fear of the Lord, that those who know Him fear Him and those who fear Him do good, which means 
they obey Him. May the Lord bless us today by giving us a greater fear of the Lord and the great blessings that come with it. Let's pray. Just take a moment as we pray and ask the Lord. I mean, we start out by saying, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Is there anything in your life that He has spoken and yet you are not doing? If to fear the Lord means that you obey His commandments, are there commands that as we were talking about this today, you thought of things that you should be doing that you're not doing? Take this time to repent of those actions and to fear the Lord and to obey them. To say, Lord, I I will obey you. I, I am sorry for not obeying you. Grow my fear of you so that these days may never come again. What in your life are you not obeying? If you are obeying the Lord, if, if, there, if you're going and you're going, man, there's got to be something somewhere, but uh, the Lord's not going to hide from you some sort of disobedience that, you know, is really tucked away somewhere. It's not some deep psychological test that we're not going to do some sort of Warshak test and figure out what you're actually obeying that you don't know, or actually disobeying that you don't know you're disobeying. If you're looking at your life and you're saying, you know, the Lord has, as I've read the word, I've been obedient to the word. And uh, then rejoice in that. Praise the Lord for the fear that He's grown in your heart. And ask that He would cause you to fear Him even more. That fear would shine even brighter so that you might even grow in holification. That you could level up to the next thing that He's going to show you in your life that you need to do to obey Him. You must fear the Lord above all others. Is there anybody in your life or anything in your life that you fear more than God? Is there anything or anybody that chooses how you live or how your family lives other than the Lord. Even if, it's, even if it's driven by some great love for that person. I mean, that's what the fear of the Lord is driven by. Great love for the Lord. It's faith in Him. It's being amazed by Him. It's not just frightened by them. But is there anyone that you are either amazed by, you've, you've like sort of cherished them above what you cherish the Lord, you let, you, you, you've let your fear of them be greater than your fear of the Lord. And it's causing you to change how you are as a husband. It's causing you to change how you are as a father, as a mother. As a child, ask the Lord to give you a fear of Him only. Him and Him only. That's a good, safe thing to ask right now anyway. Because either He already has given you a fear of Him and Him only, or He needs to. There will be no harm in all of us praying, Lord, give us a fear of you and no one else. And then rejoice in the great blessings that come in obeying the Lord. Blessings that wash down over you and wash down through your family for generation upon generation. And have confidence in those promises. Have confidence in those blessings. As you think about your children, as you think about your children's children, what a great motivation to obey even more. What a great reason to fix your heart, to fear the Lord for your sake, for the Lord's sake, and for the sake of those to come after you. Father, we are here today because we fear you. Because we are resting our hope, our faith in you and in you alone. There's no one like you. There's no one like you as holy, as glorious as you. Nothing. Nothing compares to you. Father, help us to see that, to see that just more clearly, Father, because the more clearly we see your glory and holiness, the deeper our faith 
in you, the more we will simply obey you. We'll do what you command. We'll keep your words. We will keep them and do them. As your people have always done. We will fear you and do what is good. Work that in us, Father. Not in any way, of course. Not in any way, of course, it would give us great pride in ourselves. But that we would see just as the outworking of, of a blessing of being your child. And Father, none of this, we know none of this would be possible if it weren't for Christ to have been the perfectly obedient son. To make it possible for us to have our hearts changed from hearts that had no fear of you to hearts that fear you. But that change is real and it grows real fruit in us. Real fruit in our lives, Father. We don't just sit around contemplating Christ's navel. We bear fruit in our lives of obedience to you. Because Christ is real and his change in our life is real. And the fear he grows in us for you is real. May it bear the fruit that you have said from the beginning it will always bear. That we will praise you. That we will serve you. That we will depart from evil. And that we will do good. That we will keep your commandments. All of your word. All of our lives. Help us to do that, Father. Cause us to be obedient to you in all things. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.